you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 39 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, of course, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Tom, hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Enjoying the weather. How about yourself? Yeah, very good. Well, I'm recovering from sunstroke and received at the Les Phillips Cup final yesterday. Um, There you go. That's nice and time-specific for us. Um, But, um, yeah, I'm looking like a little beetroot. Um, Myself and Ray Johnston sat there on the touchline for three hours commentating on normal time, extra time and penalties. Um, Of course, we will come to that later in the broadcast. It was a glorious weekend of, uh, of weather, but not exactly the best weather to be playing football in? No, probably not. I mean, yeah, it was pretty hot. Um, I was out and about a little bit yesterday, and yeah, it was um, probably not the best weather to be playing, yeah, 120 minutes plus, but yeah, sounds like an excellent final. It was absolute classic, and uh, we'll be hearing a little bit about that, I'm sure, later in the uh, in the podcast. Um, but um, yeah, well, you, you you know, we've had we've had weather stoppages this season because of the rain and because of the um, uh, snow. So you know, thankfully, we haven't had them because of the heat. Anyway, that's quite enough uh, of the preamble. Let's get into the meat and drink. Two Les Phillips Cup semi-finals on Monday, the 30th of April, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, to set up, obviously, Bank Holiday Monday's final. And it was two away wins. Obviously, we did the draw quite a while ago and probably um, I thought those home sides had um, yeah, got the rub of the green, but uh, it wasn't to be. Uh, Bridgewater drawing one all uh, with Shepton Mallet after extra time. And then it was Shepton who went through on penalties, a 4-3 win uh, on spot kicks. Uh, Tom Easterbrook uh, in, the goal, in, in the goal for, for Shepton Mallet doing an excellent job, saving a couple of penalties, uh, as well as one in, in normal time. So, yeah. Uh, bit of a hero uh, on that night for them and then also Buckland Athletic obviously uh, the story um, doesn't doesn't stop uh, giving uh, their end of the season has been pretty dramatic and a 1-0 win after extra time away at Street last Monday night really was um, yeah fantastic result obviously uh, keeping the champions at bay for 120 minutes or whatever uh, and it was Charlie Johansson scoring um, scoring the only goal uh, into the, in the second minute in the second extra time period um uh, second half of extra time, should I say, uh, to, yeah, to give them the one no win away at Street. And two games in the Premier Division. Yeah, indeed. Uh, not any goals at uh, Brisington and Wells, uh, but there was a, a win uh, for Willand Rovers away at Longwell Green, a uh, 2-1 victory for them, and it was Brad Horston and Fletcher Williams helping them to that, that win there. A uh, few more games, though, to talk about in the First Division, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Ashton and Backway United, probably the, the pick of the results, a 5-1 win away at Bristol Telephones. Paul Uppington scoring a hat-trick uh, for them. There was also a 1-0 win for Almondsbury over Radstock uh, and also Sherbourne winning 1-0 away at Wincanton thanks to Harry Turner's goal. Uh, and then we had also a 3-0 win for Bishop Sutton uh, with Oakland Buck um, scoring twice for them. Yeah, 3-0 win over Cheddar away from home. Yeah, pretty impressive that one. Uh, and then also Oldland Abertonians claiming a 3-1 win at home to Porter's head with Liam Gale uh, who obviously scored four quite recently. He was on the score sheet again for Oldland in that one. Yeah, frustrating crowds, I think it would be fair to say, on Monday the 30th of April. I'm a big uh, fan of Monday Night Football. I've enjoyed plenty of it in Melksham over the years. Um, but really only Wincanton and Sherbourne, seeing the benefit of a, of a, an unusual start time there. I think probably the Western League family feeling somewhat fatigued from the season that just keeps on giving. Anyway... Um, uh, Tuesday the 1st of May and two games um, two excellent games lots and lots and lots of goals in the Premier Division 
Yeah, indeed. And two away wins. Obviously, obviously Buxton were in action, um, as they were every day last week, it felt like. Uh, a 3-2 win for them away at Bridport. So they're, yeah, they never never back down, do they? And, uh, yeah, Chris McPhee, uh, Charlie Anson obviously scored the night before, and also Nick Rudge uh, getting on the score sheet during that one. Rudge off the bench to win that one for them. Uh, and then there was also an away win for Chipping Southbury Town. They put six past Cadbury Heath. Uh, there was a hat-trick in that one for George Box, uh, and then also a couple of goals for Joe White and Sam Jenkins also scored for them in that one. So, yeah, big win for Chipping Southbury on Tuesday night. Now, there was plenty of games on Wednesday, the 2nd of May, Tom. We'll start in the Premier Division, and, of course, where else but Buckland Athletic? Yeah, indeed. Uh, another win for them. For, yeah, they made it a hat-trick of wins in, in three days. Uh, there was a goal in the first half there, and it was a 4-1 win. So it was a 4-1 win over Bitten, uh, and uh, started with a, a goal in the first half, but then... Uh, uh, but in managed to go ahead through Josh Morgan Williams uh, just after Liam Head had been uh, sent off for Buckland, so they were down a man. Uh, but yeah, an amazing display from them to turn it around. A 4 1 win uh, with Lev Apple, uh, Chris McPhee, Johansson once more, so three goals in three nights. Uh, and then also Josh Webber uh, grabbing goals for Buckland. And yeah, 4 1 win over Bitten. Now, Hengrove Athletic. Um, they've finished the season in, in a fantastic vein of form, haven't they? They, um, they really put Shepton Mallet to the sword. Yeah, they did. Uh, really strong finish, as you say. Uh, a 5-0 win for them uh, over Shepton last Wednesday evening. It was Ben Crew uh, and Brandon Sahili scoring twice for them. Uh, yeah, to, to claim a top-half finish, I think they'll be extremely happy with uh, how things finished, as you say. And yeah, looking forward to next season already, I would have thought. And finally, on Wednesday the 2nd of May, a historic game between Willen Rovers and Melksham Town. Yeah, absolutely huge game. And it was Melksham uh, who came over the 3-1 win. Uh, this was pretty much the result that, that wrapped up their promotion in the end. Uh, they did fall behind. Uh, Brett Warby opening the scoring for Willem with a really well-taken free kick. Uh, but then Melksham managed to fight back. Uh, Luke Ballinger uh, scoring twice for them. And there was also a late penalty from um, none other than Gary Higdon yeah, to cap their season with a 3-1 with a win away at Willem. And it proved to be vital. Yep, congratulations there to Melksham Town. And we will be catching up with their manager, Kieran Baggs, on next week's podcast. Because believe it or not, listeners, we do still have a little bit more football to talk about next week after this week. Anyway, let's let's stay with uh, Wednesday the 2nd of May for now. And um, in the 1st Division, Bishop Sutton were at home to Sherbourne Town. They were, yeah. And it was a bit of a revenge game for Bishop Sutton. It won a 3-2 win at home to Sherbourne uh, with Oakland Bucks going twice. Uh, but, uh, yeah... Uh, they, they lost 7-1 to the same opponents pretty recently, so I think they'll be quite happy to have uh, turned this one around. So, yeah, 3-2 win for Bishops and over Sherborne. And Chard Town finishing um, strongly, uh, a very creditable draw at home to Cheddar. Yeah, indeed, and they went ahead uh, on two occasions, Chard, so they were pretty unlucky not to get all three points. Uh, ben Haynes and James Boyland, yeah, putting them ahead. Uh, but then Stephen Pennington uh, equalising for Cheddar in the early in the second half uh, before Adam Jones then scored a, a second equaliser in the last minute. So, uh, yeah, pretty late drama there, and it was, yeah, two-all draw between Chard and Cheddar. Corsham Town. Uh, they uh, they lost out at home to Portishead. They did, yeah, just one goal in this one. Uh, and it was half-time substitute Tyler Manning uh, helping Portishead to, to the 1-0 win away at Corsham. Uh, Oldland Abertonians and Bristol Telephones shared a nine-goal thriller, Tom. Yeah, uh, almost, uh, yeah, a, a three-goal, well, I mean, 30 fans there, so about, yeah. Um, shared the goals out nicely and it was uh, yeah, a 5-4 win uh, away from home four Bristol telephones and there were players on each side scoring hat-tricks in this one so yeah goals galore uh, Ben Dowd was striking three times uh, for Oldland uh, but it was also 
Uh, there was a hat-trick for Lee Pittman for the, uh, the victorious Bristol Telephone side, uh, for whom Darnie Golding and Zayn Alimi also scored. So, yeah, brilliant end to the season in that game. <laughs> Now, there was a shade of the Sunderlands, wasn't there, at Warminster Town, when uh, they took on high-flying Canesham Town. And at Warminster fans, they'd been waiting an awful long time for this result. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're kind of, uh, yeah, checking out the scores and you think, that can't be right. But, yeah, a 4-3 win for Warminster uh, over Canesham. Uh, and it was a three-goal lead. They, uh, they moved into pretty early on in this one. Uh, George Butler scoring twice uh, and also a goal from Reese Collier. Uh, Canesham at this point, uh, before kickoff, was still potentially able to get a get a promotion spot. It looked very unlikely, but um, yeah, um, Warminster uh, rock bottom and they rocked the boat big time. Uh, Matt Brown and uh, did score twice for Canesham, uh, and then also there was a Carl Box goal to get them back on level terms. Uh, but Warminster had the last word. Uh, Captain Charlie Walton uh, striking seven minutes from time uh, to give them a four-three win. And, um, yeah, gives them a memorable end to their season. Obviously, it's been a tough one for them. But, yeah, a nice way to go out. 4-3 win over Kenshin. Now, for the Coalfield Classico. And bragging rights are with the Green Army. They are, going into next season. A 2 no win uh, for Welton over Radstock. And it was goals from Aaron Cockrell and Lewis Coleman. Uh, very quick, uh, quick fire goals. Uh, three minutes, I think, between them, uh, just after the hour mark. So, yeah, and that was how it stayed. So, a 2 no win for Welton over Radstock. And finally, on Wednesday the 2nd of May, will we talk about a historic win earlier uh, in the podcast for Melksham Town? Well, Westbury United bagged their own um, piece of history uh, in their home game against Devizes Town. Yeah, indeed, I was was there to check it out and it was a really good game. Um, Devizes putting up an extremely good fight. Uh, Pretty unlucky not to to claim the point, but it was uh, Westbury uh, taking the title. A 1-0 win uh, home to Devizes, and it was a, a deflected effort from Dan Kovacs uh, very late on, 89th minute, I think it was, uh, to give them the win, and yeah, uh, sparked a joyous thing. So it was a, no, but a really good game, uh, two good Wiltshire sides, uh, but it will be Wil- uh, Westbury who are up in the, uh, the Premier Division next season, alongside Roman Glass, obviously, uh, but they were a promotion last week. Now we move on to Thursday the 3rd of May and um, I want to start with Brislington against Bridport Tom but I'm not going to because I just feel the need to start with Buckland <laughs> We can start with Buckland Unfortunately their winning run uh, did come to an end for the lot for the week uh, fourth, goal, uh, fourth game in four days uh, proved to be too much um, Yeah, uh, a, four, a 3-2 win for Hengrove away at Buckland obviously so yeah uh, Shane Gillen Charlie Johansson uh, putting Buckland two goals ahead uh, but the fatigue probably set in a little bit. Uh, Hengrove coming back to claim the 3-2 win. Uh, Brandon Fahili and uh, the 33rd minute and a half the deficit. Jack Fillingham then uh, volleying them level uh, 10 minutes after half-time. And then it was Craig White who uh, struck a corner which had its way into the back of the net uh, to give Hengrove the 3-2 win. So in the Battle of the Athletics, it was Hengrove who took away the three points, the 3-2 win over Buckland. So how did Brislington get on against mm-hmm. Bridport? They started well. They were two 0 up at the break. Uh, goals from Louis Britton and Nickel Plummer, uh, giving them a yeah a good advantage at halftime. They were two 0 up, uh, but then uh, Ed Butcher and Leighton Thomas got put put back uh, on level terms before Oscar Leighton scored uh, a pretty late goal, three minutes from time uh, to complete their comeback, and it was a four two win away at Bridlington for Bridport. And finally on Thursday the third of May, Cadbury Heath entertained Wellington. They did, and it was the away side who, who claimed victory there as well. So Wellington running out 3 0 winners. Uh, two goals from Ian Ballinger, and then also uh, from Tom Ellis helping them to that win. So we move to the fixtures on Saturday, the 5th of May, and Bridport in the Premier Division. They were at home to high flying Bradford Town. 
Yeah, and Bradford finishing their season well. Uh, a 2-1 win away at Bridport. Uh, they went ahead off just eight minutes through. Karen Brendel, who I believe is leading the club, so it was a good, good finish for him. Uh, Bridport then got back on level terms uh, early in the second half through Red Butcher. Uh, but then five minutes from time, uh, Will Halverston, uh, he was on target, uh, deflecting the, uh, the ball home after Dan Cotwood hit the post uh, to give Bradford the 2-1 win away at Bridport. Well, of course, it was a Saturday, so Buckland had to be playing. How did they get on, Tom? Mm-hmm. They claimed victory in this one, uh, a 1-0 win, uh, home to Cribs. And it was Richard Groves who scored uh, early in the first half, I think it was, so to, to give them the 1-0 win. Uh, yeah, keeping, keeping their run of uh, games going, and yeah, another three points for them. Well, if you were looking for value in your entrance fee, then you, could have, you couldn't have done any better than chipping Sudbury Town against Bridgewater Town. <laughs> no, indeed. Having uh, scored six in midweek, chipping Sudbury had, uh, were made to do with just four uh, on, on Saturday, but it was also Bridgewater scoring four. So, yeah, a 4-4 draw there at the Ridings. Uh, Jack Taylor, he was very much the star of the show, scoring all four of Bridgewater's goals away from home. Uh, to take his tally to 22 for the season. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> a terrific game. Uh, to, to, yeah, the Ridings and a 4-0 draw between chipping Sudbury and Bridgewater. And in the first division, um, Bishop Sutton, they entertained the Miners. They did, uh, and Oakland Buck, uh, so mentioned his name a couple of times already, I think he scored two on two on Tuesday, uh, two on Thursday, and then, yeah, hat, um, a hat-trick on Saturday. Uh, a 3-2 win for Bishop Sutton against Radstock. Uh, yeah, fantastic week for him and the club. Chard Town, they signed off with a, a home defeat against Chippenham Park. Yeah, indeed, unfortunately for them, but uh, a good win for Chippenham Park, 1-0 away from home. Uh, Jamie Norman giving them the, the victory and the three points. And uh, well, this is a this is another cracker of a game. Um, two top of the table sides, Cheddar, the best of the rest, taking on uh, our league champions, Westbury United. Yeah, indeed, uh, fantastic game to finish. Uh, uh, it was uh, Stephen Pennington uh, volleying Cheddar ahead uh, before Jamie Jordan grabbed an equaliser for Westbury uh, just just before half time. Uh, Cheddar then pushed on, um, gained a three-one lead thanks to Chris Coombs and Craig Morford. But uh, yeah. Champions of the first division uh, kept going until the finish. And it was pretty late goals from uh, Mar Robinson and Martin Johnson to extend their uh, unbeaten run in the league to 23 matches. That's how it'll end. And yeah, a three-all draw there between Cheddar and Westbury. Fantastic, fantastic game to to end the season for both. Well, it was a historic season for Westbury United, and after that final game of the season, I thought it was only right that we catch up with an old friend of the podcast, Neil Kirkpatrick, the joint manager of Westbury, of course, Neil and Joe, his son, joint managers there, um, to uh, to talk about the season and reflect upon what's been a, uh, a historic season for Westbury, gaining promotion to the to the Premier Division. And I started by congratulating Neil on the achievements of this season. Thank you very much. Now, it was a great title race, and it was one that uh, kept many of us who watch Western League football enthralled throughout the season because um, it, it was a genuine three-horse race um, between yeah. yourselves, Roman Glass and, uh, and Canesham. And I suppose, you know, for the impartial observer, and I suppose you, you, you now can reflect on the fact as you've, as you've won the division, but, I mean, in a way it was a shame that, um, um, that, that, you, know, that you couldn't all uh, go up. Yeah, and I, I think the fear of fi- the fear of finishing third was one of the things that really drove us on. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it is, it is cruel for whichever one of us missed out. And as I say, it was Canesham. Um And yeah, as I say, I think it was something at the back of our minds that we just didn't want to contemplate. If, if we're all honest, and I'm sure Roman Glass would say the same. 
I mean, there was, I think, a 17-point gap between um, Canesham in third and, and Cheddar in fourth, which just goes to show how much more consistent the top three of you were. But that doesn't actually tell the full story, does it, really? Because um, the rest of the league, it was a competitive league this season. You know, teams were taking points off of each other. Yeah, oh, very much so. Um, you know, if you look at oh, what we do, we lost the three games we lost. Um, were Cone, Bishop Sutton uh, and Cheddar uh, at home yeah so you know no disrespect for Cone and um, Bishop Sutton it's been a long hard battle and uh, you know you just didn't you know you had to be on the game every week without a doubt I mean that's a good sign, isn't it, for um, um, for the for the standard of football in in the division because um, uh, you know it was competitive um, week in week out, and I mean it bodes well. I mean, can can you looking back on the season? I mean, who do you think will go well next year? Cheddar were uh, again to us a formidable opponent. You know they had a, the worst possible starting. Did they lose their first eight or nine games, um, and then? Until very recently, they they hadn't lost a game. Um, so, and they're a good side. Uh, Radstock um, really impressed me the other week. You know, we controlled the third, second half. They really dominated us all without creating a chance as such in the game. But they they were impressed. You know, they got the ball down and played some you know really nice football. So they'll be thereabouts. Um, obviously, if Canesham don't go up then you know I think they've been in third place for three years now so they'll, they'll undoubtedly be there again uh, it's, it's a tough you know the, the, there are you know a lot of the Bristol sides players sort of move around don't they so it's, it's difficult you know and Telephone started the game this season I think did they win at nine on the spin yeah and you know I don't know what went wrong there but they, they you know they were outstanding at the beginning of the season so um, you know and there's Child have come strong. Um, not, not what's happening with the politics of there <laughs> going on with the FA and them. So yeah, it's, it's a tough division. I mean, you, you, you've got to be a good side to win it. I mean, you know, let's look at Saturday's game as an example of that. Of course, Cheddar three all um, yeah. with you. It was one all at half time. I mean, um, how do you assess your performance? Was it? Um, I mean, do, do you think you already had sort of? You know, were, you, were your lads already on the beach? Uh, without a doubt um, no disrespect to Cheddar and I know they had a fair few missing as well um, it, very it was in a case of after Lord's Mayor show after Wednesday night um, and, you know and I think if you look at Street in the Premier I mean they were unstoppable and you know as soon as they won the league they lost a few games and it is it's such an intense um <sighs> long battle and a struggle that I think is so you know mentally it, it gets to you as well and you, you know we did our utmost to try and keep the lads right on it on Saturday and um, it's very hard to maintain that intensity that's the word I mean we've had we dropped to Chard I think it was with six games to go and we said to the lads after that that we got six games left we felt at that stage we will have to win all six and we said to him you know can we do it yeah of course we can um, and I said look I do believe somewhere along the line the other the other two sides might drop points didn't honestly believe it if I'm honest but you know that's what we said to the lads um, and thankfully they did and we picked up five wins and obviously we drew Saturday but it didn't matter 
Because it's been a long, hard season, hasn't it, this yeah, season? I mean, some clubs have fared worse than others. Do you think perhaps one of the reasons why you've had a good season this season is because you know you, you haven't had quite as much fixture disruption as other teams? Yeah, yeah, I think that obviously helps. Um, it obviously hurt, helps with Roman Glass and Kane on there. Um, they're not plastic these days, but you know what I mean, 3G yeah, pitches. Yeah. Um, like I say, I'm not a fan of them, but... I can see why clubs and financially it makes perfect sense um, and it, it's obviously a massive advantage to them as well so um, you know Meadow Lane's been great the drainage out there's great um, we've got a guy that works his you know heart and soul out on the pitch these days and uh, um, you know that's that's obviously helped us we haven't had too many called off and we haven't had a massive backlog of games so funny enough we had 11 day break before we played uh, Bishop Sutton uh, with three games to go which was a bit bizarre really in fact we would rather have kept going yeah well I'm glad you mentioned your groundsman there because I think that you know in a in a promotion season um, and uh, particularly you know one where you've won the championship I mean obviously it's all credit to yourself uh, your son Joe and uh, and the team as well but it's a great achievement for the club as a whole isn't it all of those people not just the supporters but of course the volunteers who work behind the bar take the you know they take the ticket money they they sell the programs they sell the raffles it's it's a great whole club achievement isn't it and I think that's one of the reasons we we like to get hold of the managers at the end of the season and, and, and it's a bit of a pat on the back for everybody at the club not just the players yeah absolutely um, you know the, the, unless you're involved you don't see what does go on and the time and the effort these people put into it it's um, you know we can't do what we do on the pitch without that so yeah it, it is an all round you know and, and they're enjoying it as well as well as we are well, they've got a lot of new grounds to visit um, next season yes. uh, in the Premier Division. When we spoke earlier this season, you mentioned that you know the, the, the you, you know you're an ambitious manager, but actually yep. that promotion wasn't necessarily a target for you this season. So, so you've achieved that ahead of schedule. Now, in terms of yep. the way that you're building the club, is that a concern at all for next season? Are you ready for Premier Division football? Um, yes, I mean, well, if we're not, we will be. Um, as I say. We were saying the thing, you know, we, 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 you know, it doesn't have to be this season, but deep down, Joe and I wanted to win it this year. Um, even though I say when we joined Westbury, um, I think they wanted promotion in three years. We said we'll deliver it in two, um, but we've done it in one. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would have quietly between ourselves, we wanted to do it this year um, because I believed we had the squad, um, you know, that we're capable of it and. Um, you know, yes, we kept saying that the FA Cup was our first. You know, that was where we really wanted to get back into that, which was true. But um, deep down, no, we wanted to win it. Well, Wellington and Hengrove, of course, last year's promoted sides in the First Division went well in the Premier Division. Mm-hmm. Hengrove in yeah. particular. So there's the blueprint for you. I mean, um, hopefully it will be a, another solid season in the in the Premier Division. But um, I think probably now it's only right to say congratulations to you and everybody at the club, and that you 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 you've all deserved a, a, a good um, summer break. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if, before we finish, can I just? Pass on our thanks as a club uh, to all the people that have sent us messages. Congratulations uh, from myself, particularly Liam at Roman Glass. I think he rang me last week, and I thought that was a real touch of glass because you know I know they've gone out and they'll be chuffed with that, but I'm sure you know deep down they might have been a little bit disappointed that we pipped them to it. But, but you know they've been uh, and Kingsham have been you know fantastic competitors to us 
you know. Uh, and uh, like I say, for him to take the time to pick the phone up, I thought that was a real touch of class. And my thanks to Neil for his time. Now we move on to Malmesbury, Victoria, in convincing form at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, indeed, a huge 5-1 win uh, for Malmesbury. Brilliant way uh, for them to, to, to get their first win in nine. Uh, and it was goals from Ellis Dunton. Uh, he scored twice. And there was also goals from Jamie Parker. Uh, <coughs> Jamie Packer, Kieran Jones and George Peer in that one. So, yeah, a huge win for, for Malmesbury, a 5-1 uh, over Bishop's Lydiard. Now, Welton Rovers were at home, but they uh, they couldn't stop the seemingly unstoppable force that is Devizes Town. No, indeed. Uh, a 4-2 win for Devizes away from home there. Uh, Malik Jame did score twice uh, toward the end of the first half for Welton, uh, but it was Devizes you know, claiming the three points. Tom Slater scoring twice uh, for the away side uh, was also goals from Jay Walters and Matt Russell uh, to, yeah, to give them the 4-2 win and give Dan Sloan the perfect send-off. Um, captain who's yeah, leaving the club, so a fantastic, uh, fantastic finish for Devizes, 4-2 away at Welton. And finally in the First Division, Wincanton Town, they were at the races against Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, indeed, a uh, 3-1 win for Wincanton. Uh, Connor Williams giving them the lead, uh, and then also Tom Morris and Dan Wise scoring in the final 15 minutes there to help them to a uh, yeah, 3-1 win over Ashton and Backwell. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. And one more game we're going to talk about on this week's podcast, and that is, of course, the Les Phillips Cup final between Shepton Mallet and Buckland Athletic. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a beautiful bank holiday, as we mentioned earlier, and it was a 4-2 win uh, on penalties for Buckland uh, after the game had finished 2 all against Shepton Mallet. A uh, fantastic way to, to end the, the, cup, the cup season. Uh, and, yeah, um, brilliant game. Uh, and obviously, Buckland had been playing plenty of matches recently, yeah, and that, that schedule... Uh, certainly uh, took away a few of their, their normal starters uh, but they did go ahead in just the 10th minute through Jared Lewington uh, the Devon side then lost keeper Kenny Griffiths to a shoulder injury uh, which proved to be uh, an interesting uh, subplot later in the match uh, but the game did go to extra time Ross Padfield equalising for Shepton Mallet uh, pretty late on <laughs> during the extra time period uh, Shepton then, then went ahead through Joe Morgan uh, but Buckland showed that never die never say die attitude and managed to get an equaliser Les Affle uh, lobbing the ball home uh, to make it to all uh, send the game to, to penalties and obviously uh, yeah Buckland with uh, Nick Barker who started the game at right back uh, he was in goal for them uh, but he made a couple of saves as well as putting the ball home himself uh, with his spot kick yeah, and eventually it was Buckland who ran out 4-2 winners of penalties well, normally, listeners, you have to take um, mine and Tom's word for the action, but on this occasion, uh, we can actually bring you match commentary, and we do that um, at the thrilling conclusion of the, the Les Phillips Cup final with that penalty shootout. The, the penalties will be taken um, basically at the end that's closest to the clubhouse com complex, and Craig Loxton is the first um, person to, uh, to come up for Shepton Mallet. And um, so that means that um, Barker 
has uh, has got quite a baptism of fire in this penalty shootout. He never he thought he was going to be playing as a wing back today, but now he's playing as a goalkeeper. He's not the biggest goalkeeper you'll ever see. There's something of a Fabian Barthez about him, although he's got a lot more hair. Loxton takes a very long run up. Barker getting ready. Referee just about to get us underway. Loxton coming in. And oh, he's got something to it, but it wasn't enough. Barker did well to guess right down to his right hand side. Um, but uh, it wasn't enough, and Loxton gets Shepton up and running, 1-0. Uh, well, that's got to be positive signs for the Buckland fans, isn't it? Because he guessed right. Yes, he did, and um, but that shows a, a, if a keeper would have, a, a legitimate keeper would have gone the right way and uh, would have probably saved that, is unlucky, unlucky for him. Charlie Hansen. Charlie Hansen. Really um, impressed in patches for um, for Buckland. Um, when they're on the front foot, certainly he will have the opportunity to bring it back to uh, to one all for Buckland. And Johansson, and again, I think that came on. That came off the inside of the. Oh, it came off the keeper. Um, but uh, yeah, an energetic Easterbrook. Um, but Johansson doing the doing the doing the work and getting in. So goalkeepers so far covering themselves in glory. They're, um, they're, they're, they're they are getting close. Um, but uh, no cigar. One all to both sides. Shepton now with the next penalty, and um, it's number six, and it is uh, Tom Hill. Tom Hill against Nick Barker. So Tom Hill getting ready to take it. Barker getting ready. Hill and Barker saves it. Barker has saved it. Barker has saved it for Buckland. So advantage Buckland now. We're still very early in the shootout. It's one all now. Buckland have to take the advantage that it is offered. And it's the, goal, it's the goalkeeper himself who is going to take it. My God, if this was a Hollywood film, you would not believe it. This is absolutely incredible. This is possibly one of the most incredible things I've ever had the pleasure of commentating on in over 100 games in the Tool Station Western League. Nick Barker takes Buckland's second penalty with the opportunity to put them 2-1 up in the shootout, having just saved from Tom Hill. Barker steps up. Barker scores. Tucked it away in the bottom left-hand corner. Sending the goalkeeper the uh, the wrong way. The goalkeeper dived right. And uh, Barker, well, of course he does. He goes and assumes the position of the goalkeeper waiting for the next Shepton player, which it looks like it's going to be Tyson Pollard. Pollard has been a handful. Great delivery in this game. So we know he can uh, pick a pass. Can he pick his spot and give Shepton a lifeline back into this penalty shootout in the Les Phillips Cup final? Pollard placing the ball on the penalty spot. Barker strutting up and down the goal line getting ready Pollard shoots and oh we just tucked it inside the bottom right hand post it was a beautiful effort nonchalant almost given the tension given the importance of that um, an excellent an excellent penalty and uh, really again I think uh, a first line goalkeeper probably with another few inches might well have got there but um, Barker didn't that's very very intelligent uh, taking of that penalty there just tucking it right inside the post concentrated on his connection and it got in there nicely McPhee now comes up McPhee against Easterbrook can Buckland keep their advantage McPhee now starts his run up McPhee and uh, yeah it didn't really give Easterbrook much of a chance he sort of guessed right but by the time he'd moved to his left the ball was already nestling in the back of the net McPhee keeping it low and going with power and that was what was needed to beat Easterbrook so so we're 3-2 3-2 advantage to Buckland and now what number is it we're just trying to see what number no, it's the 
Number, number 16, Cameron Sanford, number 16. Yep, so this is the player that was brought on. We thought to take a penalty, Barker getting ready to save it. Sanford steps up and Barker saves. Barker saved again. He saved from Sanford. Four, that is, um, it's 3-2 three, it's three with the opportunity to make it 4-2 and that would be it, wouldn't it? it. That would be it. If Buckland get this penalty, then they will have won this season's Les Phillips Cup. Um, still advantage, Ray. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I don't know if the um, if the Shepton lads were looking, but the keepers dived right there. Barker's dived right all four times, uh, saving twice, obviously. But uh, yeah, chance for them to win it now. Well, who who is it again? Who's gone up there? Who's gone up there for for Buckland? Uh, Lewington. Lewington, we believe, is taking this one. And he's tucks it away. He's got the goal. And they've got the cup. And it is Lewington. It is Jared Lewington who's gone up to celebrate with the Buckland fans behind the goal. Where he put it now is almost incidental. It's ended up right in the middle. But he beat Easterbrook. They never missed a penalty. Lewington will be the one who takes the plaudits. But actually, we have to save our comments for Nick Barker. Because for a man who, as an outfield player we were very sceptical of whether he would be able to do the business particularly against a penalty specialist he was the hero of the day absolutely and I massively eat my words of what I said uh, two unbelievable saves to be honest and he nearly had the first one as well um, credit where it's due I feel, feel deeply sorry for the Shepton players never a nice way to lose uh, but there's got to be one winner and, and um, you know who can, who can deny it to Buckland after the run that they've had this, uh, the last few weeks what a fantastic occasion that game was. I thoroughly had a thoroughly entertaining time. Ray Johnston was fantastic company. Of course, the manager of Hallen. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times this season. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic um, occasion to be there. Uh, completely fried to a frazzle, as was my technical equipment, it has to be said. But um, uh, really enjoyed the game. A memorable game, a memorable penalty shootout. The most important thing I can say about the game is that both sets of um, players and both sets of fans um, can take a great deal of pride in the efforts that were that were put out everything was left on the pitch at Shellard's Road Longwell Green on um, on Bank Holiday Monday and um, I think it's a great credit to both clubs um, that we enjoyed the final that we did so um, very much um, hats off to them uh, and finally hats off to of course our winning manager Adam Castle we've had him on a few times uh, not in fact actually we had him on a couple of weeks ago talking about that fixture backlog um, for Buckland but uh, on this occasion he had um, some something very positive to reflect on silverware and I started our conversation by congratulating Adam on that Les Phillips Cup final win. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Yeah, it was it was Sunday. I have to admit, it was Sunday. I never thought it was gonna, never thought it was gonna end at one point. When when we went to extra time again, I mean that's the third time we've gone to extra time in the last three weeks with the quarter final, semi final, and final. So we've we almost taken another extra game winning this, but but worth it in the end. But the lads were absolutely outstanding. Both both sides were outstanding in in the conditions and and, and the pitch. And I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining cup final. 
It, it was. I mean, it was one for the purist in some respects. I think we'll probably talk a little bit about the, the quality of football later in the interview. But we have to talk about the uh, the weather conditions because the last time I spoke to you, we talked about your fixture backlog. So obviously fatigue was a factor for you and your, your players. But also there was an incredible amount of heat um, as well. Yes, there was a very hot day. I think it was one of the hottest um, bank holidays in May on record. So, I mean, that really, it was, you know, it was, it was never going to be uh, an, an example of flowing football, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. No, and that's why I congratulate Shepton as well because you know both sets of players um, put on a, a hell of a performance over two hours. You know, and, and then they had to gather themselves up for a penalty shootout, which you know it's a bit of a lottery can go either way. But you know the weather was you know extraordinarily hot, and um, you know it was lovely. Really, it was lovely to be stood there and getting the suntan, watching the, the lads give everything they've got again um, in such a short space of time. But I think. Um, overall, you know, fatigue didn't really come into it because it's a cup final and I think you, you find enough energy for a cup final. That, that was certainly the case in extra time, but of course, um, you know, we have to talk about the first 90 minutes. And, um, and I mean, you got an early goal. Um, I thought Shepton were bright at the start, but you took your chance when it was when it was offered. I mean, w- was the plan for you at that point then to see if you could hang on to that one goal lead? Um Sort of. I mean, we did score, like you say, very early. I think it was inside 10 minutes. And I don't think the plan was to hang on to it to another 80 because you're likely to creep. Uh, but I think, obviously, then when we lost the goalkeeper on 15 minutes, it did change the tactics a little bit more. We, we, we had to protect um, Nick, who'd gone in goal. Um, he's an outfield player, gone in goal. We had to protect him, and we did that very, very well. And we're only six minutes away from winning it in, in over 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, we we have to mention um, Kenny Griffiths, your um, your your injured goalkeeper. I mean, he had a it was a big fall, and um, I mean, he came past us on his way to the um, uh, to to your dugout. Obviously, I was I was commentating on the game, and he looked in an awful lot of distress. How is he? Yeah, he was in a lot of distress at the time, um, but he was taken to a hospital and his shoulder's been put back in, so he's going to leave it a couple of weeks now before going back to his local hospital for a further diagnosis. But I don't think it's a, a, a lasting injury. It's obviously a, he's not going to be playing this evening or tomorrow. Um, and hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll know, you know, is he going to be OK for pre-season and, and the start of next season? Well, um, I mean, I'm sure, hopefully throughout all the pain, he must have been happy with, um, with the result at the end. But um, uh, hopefully he gets to celebrate with the lads when you, when you finally do get to celebrate. Now, uh, one of the symptoms, I think, of the baking hot heat yesterday was that the, the pitch was it's a bit like a clay oven. It got a good baking and it did seem very bobbly. I mean, it was a lovely, there was a lovely um, uh, amount of grass on the pitch and it, and, it, and it looked beautiful from where we were stood. But, I mean, obviously you guys were, were playing on it and, it, and it. and I think it did play a part in making it difficult for both sides to get the ball to get the ball down yeah it, it was difficult to get the ball down I think both sides struggled with that and both, both sets of management teams were, were asking players to play a little bit more direct and if you were going to get it down and play play in the opposition's final third don't play in your own final third and I think it sort of didn't ruin the game at all because the game was very enthralling it was end to end but it, there wasn't a lot of pure football played and you know I think both sides are normally getting it down and playing from the back so both sides struggled a little bit with the quality of the pitch um, I mean there's a lot of pitches at this time of year that are, are, are both hard and bobbly and you could see that every time the ball bounced it went 20 feet up in the air yeah. so I think all, all in all I think both sets of players did a wonderful job to um, put on such an entertaining cup final given the conditions 
Well, absolutely. Now, one of the things that Ray Johnson, my summariser from yesterday, of course, the Halland manager, pointed out was that coming into the game, Shept and Mallet have got something of a track record of scoring late in games. And that's exactly what they did. So um, they, they took you to extra time. Going into that period of extra time, obviously you've got, I know it was a cup final yesterday, but you have got one eye on the fact that you've still got a couple of league games to play. I mean, you must have been heartbroken that you couldn't get the, um, get the victory tied up in the 90 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I was, more, more so for the lag. I mean, obviously, when we considered an equaliser, it was only an equaliser, that's what it was. We were back, we were back level and we, we had to find some energy. And I, you know, I was feeling for lunch more than anything, but I, I just had a feeling that we were going to go all the way. I, I just had a feeling that they weren't going to let this go. And then when we conceded an extra time, after playing so well in the first lap of extra time, um, I didn't doubt that we'd have another chance. I didn't know when it would come, I didn't know who it was for, I didn't know if we'd take it, but... Yeah, it was an outstanding goal. I mean, I thought it. I did say at the time in commentary that you know, having come so close to winning it in normal time, and then having gone behind to Shepton, you could see that their tails were really up. It was going to take an enormous test of of mental and physical strength um, for you to get something out of the game. But that's exactly what you did, and you managed to take it to penalties. I mean, you've 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 had to sort of go the distance in a in a in a few of your um, uh, in a few of your games um, to get you to the final. So, how did you feel going into the penalty shootout? Well, I was a little bit apprehensive, obviously, because we didn't really have a goalkeeper. Um, we had an outfield player in goal, but I spoke to Nick and asked if he'd faced a penalty before, and he said no, but we, we discussed what he was going to do, and he basically told me that because he had a huge bruise on his left side from the semi-final against Street, that he was just going to dive to the right every time. Well, that's what happened. They, took, they kicked every penalty to his right, so Nick said two of them, you know, and was quite right the hero. Yeah, my one of my favourite memories from the uh, from the shootout was when Nick um, had just saved um, from Shepton. I can't remember who had uh, who, who'd taken the penalty, but um, he then stepped up to take a penalty himself, which he put away, and then went back in between uh, the sticks and very nearly saved the following um, the following penalty. I mean, I don't think I, I've certainly never seen anything like that in professional football. I'm, I'm sure it probably has happened, um, but I mean, it was a, you know we, we've really got to take our our hats off to him because it was you know it was a fairy tale, wasn't it? It was another one of those Hollywood endings. It was. It's a story in itself. The fact that that Nick you know was in that circumstance. He was playing out of position in the first place because both right backs were on the bench and injured so Nick was first of all playing out of out of position at right back because he's all left footed and then he finds himself in goal and then he finds himself in a shootout and then he finds himself taking one but there was never Nick would have always taken one because he strikes the ball so true so uh, yeah it was, a, it was a like you say a fairy tale ending really well, um, as if your bizarre season sort of hasn't had enough twists and turns, um, you find yourself playing only a mile down the road tonight. I mean, it's bad enough having to play the day after a cup final, but then to have to go back to Buckland and then have to travel only a mile away from Longwell Green, where you're going up to Cadbury Heath tonight um, for your next league game, is um, something of a bizarre turn. I, I, I don't suppose any of the lads have been able to stay over in Bristol o overnight? No, no, they haven't, unfortunately. They're all going back to work today. But we'll be back on the road about half four this evening and we'll, we'll get to Cabaret and give it our best shot. It, it is another cruel twist in this fixture um, debacle, I suppose you want to call it. But, you know, I don't know there's plenty of people and plenty of clubs that have got no sympathy for us whatsoever, which is fine. But you know, to think that what we did yesterday and now we've got to go back one mile away, I mean, it's incredible the commitment and effort that everybody's putting in. I'm feeling quite... Um, that I'm actually going home now and I won't be at the next two games but um, 
know, we've had a good week. We had a, we had a very busy schedule and we've had a very good week. We only slipped up against Hengrove and that was the fourth game in four days and a bit of a freebie for Hengrove, to be honest. But no, we've been, we've been outstanding and long may it continue. Yeah, you, you have been outstanding. You, obviously, you won that um, that cup yesterday, and it was a historic victory, wasn't it? Because I believe I'm right in saying that it's the first time that Buckland Athletic have won the Les Phillips Cup. It is indeed. Yeah, I mean, we're still fairly new to the league, I suppose, we've only been in it the last five years or so. And um, you know, we've had a couple of semi-finals. Um, my last game, first time round, was a semi-final defeat against Willand. So it was nice to go that extra that extra mile yesterday. And uh, you know, we spoke before the game about you know. We're always looking for promotion, we're always looking to drive forward, but whilst we're in the tool station um, Western League, we'd like to leave a bit of history behind. And we're on the cup now, and we will always be the 2018 Les Cup winners. You, you certainly will. The boys, I'm hoping, will get to celebrate on Wednesday when, you, when your season finally um, comes to an end. It will be at your home ground, so hopefully your, your, um, all of your supporters, there'll be a party atmosphere there and they'll be able to finally sign off, sign off on what has been a historic season for you. Yeah, absolutely. If we get four points, we finish third, and I think third and, a, and cup winners is you know, a remarkable season. Remarkable is, is the word, I think. Adam, thank you very much for the time uh, you've given me today and obviously earlier in the season as well. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, I know that um, you have no intention of returning to the dugout next season, do you? But I think you leave um, Buckland in a very, very healthy season for whoever it is um, uh, will take your place. Yeah, no, I won't be sitting in the dugout again, not for Buckland anyway. So um, I'll be involved. I'm not leaving the club. I should be staying involved. Um, in, a di- in a different role in terms of the football administration and um, MBS support any new management team that comes in if they need it. And my thanks to Adam for his time. Uh, now then, Tom, do we have any information on the Premier Division game between Bridport and Cribs? Yeah, indeed. A uh, one-all draw on Monday. Uh, and it was Leighton Thomas uh, scoring an equaliser for for the home side 10 minutes from time. Yeah, no, uh, for, for Bridport, uh, yeah, one-all draw there. And what about Sherbourne Town uh, and Malmesbury in the first division? Yeah, Sherbourne ending their season on a high, a uh, 3-2 win at home uh, to Malmesbury. Uh, Luke Jackson scoring the winner for them 15 minutes from time uh, after Mark Keynes and George Mapletoff had scored earlier. So yeah, good one for Sherbourne. And finally, Wincanton Town against Carn Town in the first division. Yeah, Carn claiming a 4-2 win away at Wincanton. Uh, Tom Morris scoring uh, twice for the home side in defeat, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, goals for Matt Hudson, Charlie Austin, Richard Hudson and uh, Rory Worthington leading uh, Carn to the 4-2 win. Now we look ahead to the games on Tuesday the 8th of May and, and I'm assuming that Buckland are playing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you would be right. They are away at uh, Cadbury for 7.30 kick-off uh, yeah, on Tuesday evening and then two games in the first division as well, both at 7.30s, which are Chard versus uh, Almondsbury and also Portishead versus Ashton Backwell United. And on Wednesday the 9th of May, and we've got three games in the Premier Division and I'm assuming one of them is Buckland Athletic. <laughs> yeah, indeed, they're at home to, to Willand. Uh, I believe that is finally their final game of the season. Uh, 7.30 kick-off, uh, that one, uh, Devon Derby. Uh, we've also got Brislington versus Obdown and uh, Bridport versus Longwell Green, which is 7.45. And in the first division, we've still got two games left as well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Malmesbury versus uh, Bristol Telephones, uh, which is 7.30 kick-off, and Wincanton also playing on Wednesday night. They host Oldland, which is 7.30 as well. We have got a game on Thursday the 10th of May, but it doesn't feature Buckland. Mm-hmm. No, uh, down in the first division, uh, another 7.30 kick-off, uh, which is Bishop Sutton versus Chard.
And uh, finally, wrapping up our season, there is a game in the Premier Division. Well, shall I do it or shall you? Be my guest. All right then. Bridport are at home to Odd Down, mm-hmm. Tom's very own Odd Down. So um, that concludes our, our fixtures, our extended season um, this year. Um, it's been a it's been a fantastic season. I know we've both enjoyed um, talking about it. Um, we will be doing one final podcast, taking you through those fixtures that we've just been previewing. I mean, are there any games that are coming up over the week, Tom, that particularly stand out to you? I mean, yeah, I think the Buckland's final game of the season on Wednesday night against Willand. Um, yeah, it's been a mad, uh, a mad few few weeks for them uh, to end with a Devon derby. Um, should be should be good good fun. Uh, so yeah, Wednesday night that should um, that probably be the pick of the game this week. I thought. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with that. That's going to be my pick as well. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what sort of team Buckland are able to field on that on that occasion. But I mean, I hope that it's a great occasion for the Buckland fans who've sort of had an awful lot to go through with travel and the yeah. rest of it over the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah. hopefully an opportunity for them to finally well for the players as well. Well, mm-hmm. to, to celebrate that Les Phillips Cup final win because I know their manager was very keen on them um, you know remaining as sort of focused as possible on the job in hand um, which they've had over the last um, couple of weeks um, I think we'll uh, reflect on the goal scorers uh, next week and I don't really think we've got a great deal to talk about in terms of the league tables have we Tom because pretty much everything's done and dusted apart from possibly Buckland managing to finish third in the Premier Division yeah, indeed, obviously they've still got uh, six points to play for, so yeah, they could finish third. Uh, but yeah, pretty much everything else is wrapped up. Obviously, Westbury finished top of the first division, uh, 95 points is finished. Uh, Raymond Glass with 93 to join them in promotion, and then yeah, Kensham. Uh, well, unfortunately, the third third place finisher with 89 points, but yeah, fantastic seasons for all three of those sides, obviously. Yeah, Melksham, they of course um, secured promotion, mm-hmm. finishing yeah. second in the uh, Premier Division uh, on 84 points, played 80, uh, 38 games. Um, we will look forward to talking to Kieran Baggs um, next, on next week's podcast. We will also hopefully bring you an interview with Mark Salter, the 500 goal man. What a way to finish um, this year's uh, podcast by having a chat with, with that man. Uh, still a little bit of football left in the tank, but not too much, Tom. Uh, uh, is that keeping you gamefully employed with the non-league paper? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, look back last week over the, those games, so yeah, that was, uh, I think that was the last one of the season, so yeah, um, yeah it's all good fun, um, stretching into maybe yeah, a couple more games this, season, uh, this week to look forward to. Excellent. Well, hopefully, I'll end up speaking to you at a more um, at a more usual time um, uh, for us um, next week. But um, from Tom and myself, it's been another Tool Station Western League podcast. Mm-hmm.